Well, today I get the honor to bring some teaching um, called Leaning In. And Pastor Sarah, when she was doing the worship this morning, she referred to a TED talk that we watched last night. I think you referred to a part of it where the speaker was encouraging about leaning into joy through the vehicle of gratitude. Um, and so it's interesting because the message this morning uh, that I want to bring is a little bit... By the way, did anyone realize that we now have iced coffees in our cafe? Um, I just said to the cafe team, I think we've gone from four and a half star to five star at Forever House. Just, just bear with me as I refresh my palate. Oh, just a little ad for the cafe team. That is so good. Okay, I'll just put my coffee down there. Uh, Cafe culture at Forever House rocks my world. All right, so, (laughs) oh dear. And, um, you know, I'm in a season of change myself. I think we all are. Uh, You know, usually I'm a bit of a rah-rah speaker preacher. You know, I used to think that the louder I preached and the the stronger I preach, the better. <laughs> and uh, that's not to say that I won't ever do a rah-rah style. But just in this season, I'm enjoying doing more of a teaching style. This is what I feel to do. And uh, hopefully you'll appreciate uh, balances of flavors. Everyone say balance. Cool. Now, just for focus purposes, I noticed that there's a little light that's slightly rebellious today in the middle. It's kind of, there we go. It's kind of going on and going off and going on and off. So let's just see that as... You know, a highlighter of the message, okay, rather than a distraction. But this morning, when we talk about leaning in, uh, there's two kind of angles I want to talk about this morning and bring some teaching around, and that's obviously the importance of leaning in to God, uh, but also how that positively impacts us when we can lean in and engage with our life, with people in our life and our world around us. And so, when I, I think I shared something on Facebook earlier this week around, you know, this message, and I said it was going to be a prophetic style message. Um, what I meant by that was um, sometimes you can bring a message that's kind of grounded teaching. Um, last week, I brought a message that was more around grounded teaching. It was called Kingdom Keys. And we looked at a particular scripture in Exodus that was looking at a pattern of certain keys that God gave the people to help them to transition out of the wilderness uh, into the promised land. And we looked at the message and we saw that sometimes when we don't apply those keys, we talked about the key of revelation. Uh, we, call, we talked about the key of wisdom. Um, we talked about the key of authority, these types of things. We looked at their keys to help us to transition out of wilderness seasons into the promised season. But also, if we don't apply those keys, sometimes it can cause us to get stuck in the wilderness. And that was kind of the, a quick snapshot summary of last Sunday's message. And so this Sunday, um, rather than it being uh, so much a foundational teaching, I, I feel like this word is more individually designed to kind of come in and really help surgically with some stuff maybe in some of our lives here today. And I'm just going to um, you know, put faith in the Holy Spirit to do his work. Um, and it's interesting because this message today also is related to a scripture in Exodus. And it's also, um, in a way, related to the theme of, of wilderness. But what's interesting about last Sunday's message is I was talking more about the importance of knowing how to get out of the wilderness. This Sunday, I'm actually talking about sometimes that God will bring us into a season of wilderness, but there's good things 
that we can actually get out of the wilderness as long as we learn not to get stuck there. Okay? So everyone turn, turn to someone next to you and say, the wilderness can be a good place. The wilderness can be a good place. And so to set the scene of this message of leaning in, let's just do this practically. Everyone put your hand kind of on where your heart is, right? Or you might want to do lower to your belly. And just kind of lean forward like you're doing an ab crunch for me. Can I slip off your chair? All right. Lean back again. Do another ab crunch for me. Leaning in. Okay, good, all right. That's enough. I'm getting puffed. I don't know about you. <laughs> Whew. Okay, all right. Uh, so the first couple of slides I wanted to share is more to kind of uh, inject straight away a prophetic flavor into this message. Is that okay? I want to kind of go there straight away. There's our little rebellious light. Here you going. And the first thing I want to do is look at this. In this season, I felt the Lord is saying this to us. Holy Spirit wanted me to start with this this morning, and we'll go to a scripture a little bit later. But this is more prophetic kind of sensing that I get uh, tied to this message. In this season, your yielding is more, everyone say more, more, is more important than your pursuing. So we're not saying that pursuing God is not important in this season, it is. But what I feel to encourage you in is that your yielding to God more important than your pursuing of God. Why is that, why is that a, a, a good place to start? I think it's because sometimes when we know that we're in a breaking out season, we've got a, a, an event coming up called Breakout Weekend or Breakthrough, or we're looking, we're in a season of change, we're in a season of transition. And you always know when I get up from my stool, I'm wanting to lean into the message myself, <laughs> okay? So um, if I'm standing up, probably that's really a sign for you to lean in and we'll, we'll lean in together and we'll lock this in, okay? But it is important that we pursue God. When we look at this event coming up later in May called Breakout Weekend, it's going to be a chance for us to pursue God, to lean in. But I think leaning in, what's important about leaning in in this season is uh, that we also have to be positioning ourselves to yield. What's another word of yielding? Yielding is another uh, is surrender. But when I looked up the definition of yielding, it actually said this, giving in. Isn't that interesting? Everyone here knows that I'm all about victory. Boom, boom. Now, we're not saying giving in to the devil. We're not saying giving in to the bad things, giving in to the schemes or plans. Actually, this is a season where prophetically, I, I'm, I'm believing that the Holy Spirit is declaring this morning for everyone here that's live in the auditorium, anyone here listening to this podcast, as we begin May 2019, this is a season to yield, give in to God, not just to pursue God. Now, why, why, why do I feel that the Holy Spirit wants to put a stronger exclamation mark on the, on the spiritual importance of yielding over pursuing? Because I believe sometimes when you think about pursuing, can actually pursue other things besides God. In fact, as Christians, sometimes when we feel like there needs to be change or we feel like there needs to be something new or something needs to happen, we need to break out of something, what we can tend to do is we can tend to fall into this theme of pursuing. I'm going to pursue the next vision, pursue the next goal, pursue the next season, pursue the new thing. 
right, as a way to kind of transition out of the thing that may feel a bit stale or old, and I'm going to pursue the new thing. And there's nothing wrong with that because God definitely directs us that way and communicates. What I feel strongly in my spirit is that what we need to be mindful of, that in our pursuit of God or of our pursuit of the new thing, we don't forget the practical and spiritual importance of yielding to God. Why? Because sometimes when you pursue, you don't even need God. But when you yield, you always need God. Think about it. God has to be in the equation for you to yield to him. And what I know of myself, if I have a moment of vulnerability this morning, I know there's been times when I've felt spiritually, I need something to change. I need something new. I need something fresh. And so I've used my understanding of if I pursue the new thing, that will help me to transition. If I focus on that new thing and chase after it. And we get that sometimes that's about chasing God himself, which is great. But sometimes I think in our, our pursuit of God, our hunger for the latest encounter of God, can sometimes be a distraction from the fact that he's still waiting and wanting us to actually give in to his command, give in to his word, give in to the thing that he's been asking us to do differently. Yet maybe we might be tempted to actually blow that off, ignore that, and just pursue the new thing. What I believe is important is when you look at the stories in the Bible, whenever there was really a significant breakthrough, any biblical character in the New Testament or the Old Testament, the end of that season when they saw the breakthrough, was no one really bragging about how much they pursued God. What there was was a definite expression that that person had yielded to God that they had actually surrendered to what the will of God was. And I think sometimes in church life, we can be sometimes focusing so much on the rah-rah that we forget that we need to yield to God. We need to lean in and actually say, God, I'm actually going to allow you. I'm going to lean in. I'm going to be vulnerable here. And I want to talk a little bit about vulnerability before the Lord. So this is the first thing. Everyone say yield. Yielding is more important than pursuing in this season. Let's have a look at this next line. Just a couple of prophetic declarations. True faith requires bravery and courage. Now, when we talk about faith, we know that faith is about believing God is going to keep us, help us, position us, move us, change us, deliver us, save us, enable us, empower us, love us, all of these things. True faith requires bravery and courage. And true bravery and courage requires vulnerability. Who here knows that sometimes, even in church life, we can fall into the belief vulnerability is a weakness? Has anyone felt that or heard that or seen that or experienced that before? That if you're vulnerable, then you're showing a weakness. Don't show any vulnerability. Let the walls come down. Because that's a weakness. But when we think about vulnerability before the Lord, leaning in, yielding to the Lord, saying, God, I'm going to stop fighting what you're asking of me. I'm going to stop fighting what you're trying to talk to me about. I'm going to surrender. I'm going to give in to you, God. And I'm going to follow and I'm going to obey. That requires vulnerability. And sometimes God will ask you to yield to him you need to make a choice in how you relate to someone that you don't like, not that you don't like that person, but you don't like what you have to do, but to yield to God, you have to do it. 
In fact, sometimes God's going to ask you when you yield to him that you're going to have to be vulnerable in front of another human being. You're going to have to still choose to love them even though they've just recently hurt you. True bravery and courage requires vulnerability. And so this is something that I believe the Spirit of God is wanting to say to us. Because when I was thinking about this message, I was thinking, yeah, let's, God, let's talk about leaning into you. It's all about leaning into you and pursuing you and chasing after you. And let's abandon our life and run into your arms and all this kind of stuff. And the Lord said to me this, that's really good. First, what's important is to teach the people that can't be willing to do that if they've still got stuff they haven't really kind of dealt with. You know how the Bible talks about God can't really forgive you. We're not willing to forgive others. Know that how we relate to other people can directly impact way that we relate to God. Who knows that? One, who knows that? Yeah. Awesome. Let's have a look at this next line. This is a season not just to talk about God, but to talk with God. I think we can get caught up talking a lot about God, yet we don't make time to talk with God. Now, God's talking to me personally about this as well. If I have a moment of vulnerability, this is me preaching to myself. I am talking about God a lot. As a pastor, I talk about God all the time, right? Two people. I know that if I'm not talking to God myself, all of what I'm ministering out of become, can become stale. So I believe in this season, we need to put more emphasis on, it doesn't mean we can't talk about God. Of course we want to talk about God, right? That's what church is about, sharing each other's experience with what God's speaking to us about. Putting more emphasis on leaning in, Talking with God. Let's have a look at this next one. This is also a season not to talk about people, to talk with people. This is also a season not to talk about people, to talk with people. What are we saying here? When we sometimes lack vulnerability, and therefore our ability to have courage and bravery is minimized, we have problems that come up in relationships, and we hesitate to actually talk to those people be because we're afraid that we're going to feel vulnerable. We're afraid that we're going to be rejected. We're, going to f- we're afraid how they're going to respond, how they're going to react. Let's think about this. Vulnerability in that moment actually leads you to being solution-minded spiritually. You're actually following biblical principle when the Lord says, if you're offended with someone or you have an issue with someone, you go and address it with that person. Now, we know sometimes that may feel completely just, ah, so go and have a chat to someone spiritually above them if that's the case. Anything else actually means that you're being more problem-focused than solution-focused. What do I mean? See, if you talk to someone else about the person that you're offended with, it means that you're focusing more on the problem. It actually means that you're not really with God positioning yourself to be solution-minded because you're putting more emphasis on avoiding being vulnerable, avoiding having to feel vulnerable, and actually just talking about the problem with that other person. I believe that this is also a scene, as we're leaning in to God, we also need to understand that our faith requires courage and bravery. That courage and bravery needs to require an ingredient of vulnerability. Because what happens is, is we can lean into God. If Watch this. We're not willing to lean into our other relationships. We're not willing to have upfront conversations with people. Be able to help break through misunderstandings, hurt. 
it can impact our ability to actually have breakthrough overall spiritually. I actually think this is a little bit of an epidemic across Australia. I don't think it's just a Christendom thing. Australians, probably Kiwis, probably the Brits. Go on, Claire. I just noticed who you are. Hello. This is Chris's sister from New Zealand. Everyone, let's warmly welcome Claire. Good to see you. I'm saying, who's that sitting next to Chris? It's Claire! I think we have such a mateship culture. And because we have a mateship culture, I think sometimes the culture says this to us. We all have to get along. We're Aussies. We're Kiwis. We're Brits. And if we don't get along, because there might be a moment of tension or misunderstanding or what have you, well, it's not cool. Let's not say anything. Let's not go there. Let's just, just kind of act like everything's okay. Or let's just avoid the conversation in total. I'm actually um, about to start a pilot style podcast with someone in the marketplace who's an expert in psychology and leadership. They're originally from Scotland. And so they have a great uh, Scottish accent. It's just a very green field pilot at this stage. But it's exciting because uh, what we're looking to call the podcast, and it's not a Christian podcast, it's generic for the secular market. But obviously, I love to bring a lot of those biblical principles in. And we're looking at naming the podcast The Discomfort Difference. And one of the themes that we want to bring on the podcast is talking about how in a society like Australia, and I think this impacts on the church within Australia as well, our culture that we live in around us, is that we're actually quite uncomfortable when it comes to when we've got differences among us. I've got a certain style or approach. It's not perfect. It definitely has its warts, but it also has its benefits, someone sitting in this auditorium, you might have a very different style or approach of maybe how you do something. But when there's a moment of very clear difference of what you think or how you see something and the other person, and it doesn't align, can I just say this? We're naturally not very good, not just as Christians, but as Australians, actually having a courageous conversation about how maybe that difference is frustrating us or making us feel like we can't connect or engage. The Bible clearly says how spiritually it's healthy to have those conversations. And the more that we avoid those conversations, the more that we, rather than leaning in and creating that as an opportunity to spiritually grow in maturity, by leaning away and avoiding those conversations, we can actually start to spiritually shrink. So when you lean in to God through being vulnerable, you lean into God by yielding to him, and actually giving in to his word and his principles, even if it makes you uncomfortable, even if it causes you to be vulnerable, whether it's actually how you relate to him, through the atmosphere of grace, he may say, get everything out of your world, out of your mind, out of your heart, out of your worry, and pour it out upon my feet. Bring it to the altar. Let's get it out in the light. But also, sometimes, not every time, the Lord will lead you in the, the, the wise thing, but sometimes the Lord will prompt you that frustration, that discomfort of difference, that annoyance, that disagreement between you and another human being is important sometimes to lean into that relationship, not lean away, and to actually position yourself to have a courageous conversation around, let's talk about some of these things, let's get it out in the light so that we can actually have breakthrough. 
So when you lean in, you grow spiritually because it requires bravery. When you lean back, you shrink spiritually because it means that you're putting comfort for bravery. Have a look at this next one. Leaning into relationships with God and others. That's pretty much what I want to talk about today. And we're going to have a look at this scripture now. So is everyone still okay? We're still here. Cushion actually looks quite comfy. That way Holly was sitting. It's perfectly just like, you know, shaped and I could sit there and popcorn. Good. <laughs> All right, let's have a look at this scripture. I think it's important that we refer to the word of God today. Yes, we don't want this to be a TED talk, right? <laughs> Exodus 13, verse 17 and 18. And let's, let's read this out. So this is actually related a little bit to the scripture we talked about last Sunday the different focus today in this teaching. Then it came to pass, when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God did not, everyone say not, that God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near, everyone say near, which meant it would have taken less time, it would have been an easier route, as in, the Americans would have said, route. Right? It would have been an easier route or an easier route. Okay, say easier. So God did not, when he was delivering them out of slavery and transitioning them into the promised land, he chose a pathway that was not the easiest. It was not the quickest. It was not the most comfortable. I relate this. If you've got relational frustration, sometimes that causes micro moments of slavery feel bound up, you feel anxious, you feel offended, you feel annoyed, you feel like I can't have the flow or the freedom in how we used to relate, it's tying me up. And it could be micro moments or it could be a big thing if it was a big deal, called relational slavery. And God wants you to be delivered from relational slavery, but you need to understand that in order for him to deliver you into the promised land of relational freedom... And this won't just happen once. It's going to be a process that you'll always have to walk out because there's always, always going to be opportunities to have misunderstanding or offense. You have to understand a lot of the times God will not cause you or want you to shift from relational slavery into relational breakthrough via the comfortable road, by the easier road. It's going to require vulnerability. It's going to require bravery. It's going to require courage. And... Let's have a look at why this is. Let's have a look at the rest of the scripture. God said, lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. So what is the scripture saying here? The scripture is saying this. If God had started to deliver the people from Pharaoh's hand via the trail across the Philistines' path, it would have been quicker and more comfortable. But what God was saying was that in this easier path, they will see intimidation of the enemy and they will be tempted to run back to that place of the past. What he had to do was he had to actually take them through a longer place, the wilderness, because what he needed to teach them was that they had to learn how to yield to God. They had to learn to surrender to God. They had to learn to maybe go the longer way or the harder way, the more vulnerable way, to learn to yield to God, because watch this. If they'd gone the quicker way and seen that, oh my goodness, there's this really intimidating thing that I have to deal with, I'm going to avoid, everyone say avoid, 
and I'm going to run backwards. I'm going to lean away. What God wanted to birth into his people and to be ready to go into the promised land is he wanted to prepare his people to be vulnerable, courageous, and brave so that actually when they ever faced anything, who knows that Joshua and Caleb declared that the promised land did have adversaries, it wasn't going to be impossible. Where the other all gave a negative report. There was lots of adversaries in the promised land. And so God knew that on the journey from slavery to the promised land, if he didn't birth within his people the ability to actually follow him, lean on him, trust on him, and they were caught up too quickly with having to face an enemy, that they would flee and lean away and not be able to hold their ground, lean forward, fight appropriately. Hearing what I'm saying? See, a lot of times people avoid conflict because they are afraid of the atmosphere of the fight that may manifest in front of them. And they'd rather avoid that, have the bravery or the vulnerability to have that upfront conversation. And the irony is, is a lot of times that brings a breakthrough. Let's perhaps the people change their minds when they see one eternity. So God led the people around by way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. What we're going to do now is we're going to look at some principles here. Let's have a look at this first slide. Our takeaways today. Everyone say, follow, not fight. Follow, not fight. Watch this. A lot of times why we lean away, we disengage from God, but more importantly from other people, is because we're afraid of the fight. I think it's just going to all end badly. But actually, the primary reason why God wants to teach you to lean in relationally is not because he wants you to fight, because he wants you to yield to him. Come on, the reason why God wants to see you confront situations, have open conversations, bring things out into the light, bring things onto the table to break through in a relational tension, is not because he wants you to become this conflicting, tension-building, fighting person. No, he wants you to learn how to yield to him, to give in to his principle, to give in to his word, because he knows that if you actually bring things out of the light right in that moment, you're not putting faith in your comfort, you're putting faith in God, and you're following his word. Watch this. Yes, when you bring things out to the light, if you're in disagreement with someone, if you're frustrated with someone, if you're annoyed with someone, if you're offended with someone, yes, there is a risk that when you bring that up into the light, it might go pear-shaped. But of course there is a risk. That's why you have a moment of vulnerability. That's why it takes bravery and courage and faith in God to apply that principle. Hearing what I'm saying? So we need to learn how to follow God's principle. Lean in and engage rather than leaning away. The way of God is often not the obvious route. God knows where you're at. Slaves don't know how to win in battle. What are we talking about here? What happens is this. Sometimes we think the quickest way to deal with relational tension is to run away. Quickest way is to avoid. Quickest way is to not go there. The quickest way is let's not even have this conversation. Let's maybe talk to someone else about it, but let's not talk to the people about it. That's the temptation there. That's the quickest route we think might help us out. What it does is it causes us to stay in relational slavery. This is a rhetorical question. You don't have to put up your hand and and admit this, but I know from personal experience, if I talk about the situation but not directly to the person, it doesn't matter how much I talk about it, it's still going to bug me because I'm not receiving the breakthrough because I'm trying to take the quickest route. I'm trying to talk about, share my grievance with someone else, but I'm lacking bravery, I'm lacking faith, I'm lacking vulnerability, 
and courage to actually follow God's principle and have a conversation with that person up front. And on the other side of that conversation, I'm putting my faith in God that then I will receive the breakthrough. And this principle applies to marriage, to our children, to our workplace, to church, to everything. I encourage you in this season, yielding God is more important than just pursuing him. We're not saying pursuing is important. God wanted to teach his people how to follow him first. That's why he took them through the wilderness. Now, we need to learn not to get stuck in the wilderness. Think about this. If you have an issue with someone, you're talking to other people but not that person, is that what God told you to do? You're really following God or you're following your own comfort. A lot more comfortable to just talk about and swim in the problem than it is to actually have a courageous conversation. I think as Christians, I think as Australians, we need to get better at having courageous conversations in our family, in our loving relationships, among friends, in church, with leaders, in our workplace. Let's, let's bring a bit of balance there. The reality is the reason why sometimes we don't feel and be vulnerable in the workplace because sometimes our workplaces have engineered cultures of perfection. If you talk about something that you don't agree with, they feel like you're going to get hammered. What I love about Thomas and Sandy rolling out these surveys recently is that it's actually injecting a fresh focus in our culture that let's be vulnerable and okay with talking about things that we like and what we don't like. We think is working and what we don't think is working because we're a family, a team. Actually, I think very healthy. Let's have a look at the next slide. Shortcuts don't make champions. This is another reason why God wanted to take the people through the wilderness. Now, we know that they were stuck in the wilderness for a long time. Okay, so his ultimate purpose was to take them through the wilderness and get them to the other side. Shortcuts don't make champions. Easy seaside route was a shortcut to their destination. Shortcuts always have hidden obstacles. Learn obedience by following God into and through impossibilities. Don't shy away from the great challenge before you. You will be tempted to take relational shortcuts. You will be tempted to lean away rather than leaning in and engaging with people just because you've got a bit of tension or a misunderstanding. And that temptation will seem very strong, and I'll tell you why. Because life is hectic and busy. You have a fuel tank of emotion, and sometimes at the end of the week, it feels like it's beyond empty. Usually you'll convince yourself this, I don't have time for this. I don't have energy for this. I just want a quick out. What happens if we don't sometimes realize that in that moment, God is calling us to follow his word and his principle, to have a conversation. Actually, by doing that and committing to that, it births the ingredients of being a champion within us. Because what I know is, is that if you start to create a pattern Avoiding situations because there's a problem. No matter where you end up, you'll keep avoiding situations. Keep running back to the past, running back to the comfort zone. As soon as something pops up again, it's like, okay, I'm going to walk away from this conversation, walk away from this situation, walk away from this relationship because it's just too hard and I'm too afraid it's going to go pear-shaped and blow up in my face. Challenge to you in that moment is, well, don't put your trust in your ability to communicate. You put your trust in the other person's ability to communicate. Put your trust in God, who's taught you the principle, that get it out into light. Have a conversation so you can deal with the relational tension, so you can get to the other side. And the other side is breakthrough relationally. I always know this, that a friendship is never really ever tested until you have a significant argument or misunderstanding or disagreement. 
Up until then, it may seem rosy and peachy and keen. But once there's a disagreement, once there's a misunderstanding, once there's a significant moment of offense, that friendship or relationship can get to the other side of that offense. Can I tell you that friendship and relationship is now founded on ingredients of champions. It's a stronger friendship that will, uh, will last the distance because it's been tested. It's been tested. And yet a lot of times in that moment, people will flee the opportunity for reconciliation. Have a look at this next slide. Some enemies are too strong. Read through this. The Philistines were armed and dangerous. It would have been a disaster to engage them so early in the journey. Often when people return to their old life of sin or their old life of leaning away, not confronting, avoiding, staying in that comfort zone, it is because they jumped into the faith life but could not measure up for the fight. What do we mean by that? Sometimes when God is causing us to transition from one place spiritually to another place spiritually, will be things that we have to come up against. And what he knew is this. He knew that if his people faced adversity for learning to actually follow him, whenever they came up against adversity, an enemy, a setback or whatever, they would put more trust in how they wanted to react, how they wanted to fight rather than actually putting their trust in following God and leaning into his direction or his instruction. Let me say this to you. In the grand arena of life, men and women of God, there are going to be many people who look upon you doing what you're doing, spectators, and they're going to criticize you. In the grand arena of life, there are also going to be people who not only criticize you, they'll have goes at you repeatedly. Watch this. In the grand arena of life, it's not a case of you might fail. In life, you will have moments of failure. You will fail. And it's in those moments of failure we require vulnerability, bravery, courage. Stay in the arena. It's in those moments of hearing criticism, people watching you do what you're called to do, will cause moments of vulnerability, bravery, and courage for you to stay in the arena. Watch this. You'll never have a moment, let me repeat that, can't be in the arena and avoid criticism. And can't be in the arena and avoid failure. Watch this. Criticism, failure, some of the strongest enemies that will try and beat you down in life and say this to you. Can't handle the heat, but get out of the arena. Stop trying to build a big life. Stop trying to build a life where you're chasing after God's call. You're really wanting to see something beyond the previous generation manifest in your life. Stop thinking that big. Compromise. Think about what's going to make you feel comfortable. These are some of the things God is teaching us today to know this. You are called to stay in the arena. Sometimes relational tension and setbacks tempt you to think, you know what, I I can't handle this. This is too much. But I want to say this to you. It will pass. Stay in the arena. One of the ways to stay in the arena, have a courageous conversation. Have a courageous conversation. Next sentence or next slide. This is the last one. I'm going to ask um, the uh, instrumentalist to come. Sammy. Wilderness moments prepare us. Everyone read that one out for me. Wilderness moments prepare us. So many amazing lessons to be learned in the wilderness. Do you know for some of you, I think you're actually in the wilderness. That's okay. Sunday I was just talking about the importance of not staying in the wilderness. If you're in a season when... 
You're trying to clear away the confusion, trying to make sense of what is actually going on. And maybe you've cleared a little bit, but there's still some lingering. You can't quite see clearly enough. Give yourself a sense of comfort or confidence around where exactly am I going? I want to say this to you. It's okay. And it's going to be okay. Because God is right there with you. Even though you can't see it clearly, God can. It's these wilderness moments that will actually prepare us for the promised land. And when I say the promised land, I'm not talking about just the one-off promised land. I'm talking about the next thing that God has for you. See, for some of you, you're on the cusp of a breakthrough in a career door. For some of you, you're in a breakthrough in coming out of rejection and fear and coming into more just relational harmony. I could do the whole, you know, standard list of depression and anxiety and do it. Do you know what? I don't want to do that because I think sometimes we, we do that too much. Take through this and this and this. We know the list. We see it all over social media, right? We get it. The wilderness is not something to run away from, to lean away from. But to hold on to God and to know your bravery, courage and faith actually requires vulnerability. But sometimes we're taught that vulnerability is a sign of weakness. God wants to say, no, it's not. In your weakness, he is strong. He is your guide. He is your shepherd. He's going to show you the way. I believe that there is significant, deep, private, personal breakthrough for many people in this season. That's why I don't want to do the list. So I think sometimes the list is about just ticking the boxes and it's sounding right. You know, there's very unique situations going on deep in people's private lives right now that are tied back right to their childhood. I don't want to just say the standard list because there's specific things that are very complicated. But I believe that God's saying a significant key is to have the courage and the bravery. Start leaning in and engaging with relationships around you that may be have been confusing. Go back to the slide. The wilderness moments prepare us for believing for breakthrough, trusting people, supernatural encounters, learning to move together, staying mobile and light, not getting stuck, learning new songs of hope, staying steadfast, thankful for the promises. Holy Spirit, have your way in this moment. We're closing the message. Holy Spirit, let it not be my words of persuasion. Let it be your spirit and your anointing. Have your way. Have your way. Hear the Spirit of God say that he's strengthening the inner core of some people here this morning. Been saying to themselves, I just can't do it anymore. sick of the tension. I'm sick of the frustration. I'm sick of the misunderstanding. I'm sick of the hurt. I'm sick of the gossip. I'm sick of the slander. I'm sick of the backstabbing. I'm sick of the heaviness. But God's encouraging people here this morning. Stay in the arena. Just as we finish, I want to quickly share a story that we watched last night of this mother who was giving this talk. 
and her daughter, she was actually a championship swimmer. And so was her husband. And her daughter was only the age of eight or maybe nine, grade four and five in the U.S. school. And she was on the swim team and she'd committed to 12 months being a part of the swim team. She came home from school one day and she was crying. Mother saw that she was crying and she said, sweetie, what's wrong? And daughter said, I've been put on to swim at the first swim meet, the 100 meter breaststroke. And the mother knew straight away where her daughter was crying because breaststroke was the stroke that her daughter struggled with the most. She kind of couldn't really get the frog's legs and the arms together. And rather than progressing forward in the water, it always seemed like all this effort, but she wasn't really going anywhere. And doing two laps of the 50 meter pool, her mother was like, oh my gosh, that's going to be full on for you. That's, that's tough. That's going to be tough. So they went home and they talked to the husband and the parents tried to encourage her. And she went up to her room. She came down. She's still crying. They said, well, maybe talk to your coach. The coach said, no, you need to do this. This is what's happening. And one of her friends school the next day said, well, maybe you can scratch the heat. The woman explained in the story because she's a professional swimmer that scratching the heat is something that you can do where you just don't turn up to the block when your race gets called. And obviously there's a schedule of races. So if you don't turn up in time, the gun goes off and the, the swim starts and you're just not on the block in time. Oh, well, you scratch your heat. The daughter came home and the mom said, so what did the coach say? Well, I have to do it. What do you think you do, sweetheart? The girl said, well, my friend said I could scratch the heat. And the mother being a professional swimmer said, well, you know what? You could scratch the heat. That, that could be a choice. You just dis- disengage. Show up. And the little girl said, yeah. Still crying, just kind of just don't know what to do. It's going to be so embarrassing. All the other people are good breaststrokers, but I'm going to struggle. And the mother says, yep, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to finish that 100 meters. I'm going to leave it up to you. It's your choice, sweetheart. So mom and dad, both being professional swim coaches, rock up to the pool that day and their daughter's race gets called and they're there at the end of the pool, you know, looking for her and the other swimmers are lined up, but she's not there. Her block is empty. And just the last second before the gun goes off, the girl jumps onto the block, <laughs> jumps into the pool a little bit late and starts swimming, the breaststroke. She's swimming and she's swimming and she's struggling and she's struggling, but she's swimming and she's swimming. And then at some point she puts her head up out of surprise because she's looking for the other swimmers and she can't see them. She's like, wow, I'm actually doing really well. I'm in front. That's what her facial expression was reading. She put her head down in the water and kept swimming. But mum and dad knew that it wasn't that she was in front. It was actually she'd already been lapped. All the other swimmers had already passed her on the second 50 meters. So finally, when the daughter was on a second lap and had about 20 meters to go, she put her head up and realized not only were all the other swimmers outside of the pool, all the new swimmers for the next race were already lined up, ready to go. And the whole arena, looking and watching and waiting for this girl who was struggling to get to the end. And the girl got to the end. As she was getting out of her pool, she still had her goggles on. And her coach was giving her some feedback and just encouraging her on her stroke. And her parents knew that her goggles stayed on her face because inside her goggles, she was desperately releasing lots of tears, embarrassment, frustration. But she went up to her mom and dad. And even though this is not my story, a dad touching because she went up to her dad. She pulled her goggles off, tears pouring down her face. Mother said, that was tough, honey, wasn't it? She said, yeah, it was tough, but I was brave. I was brave. And I struggled. It was embarrassing. I showed up and made it to the other side. That moment, that champion swimming mother knew her daughter had birthed a spirit of a champion on the inside of her. It was going to set her up for breakthrough for the rest of her life. Because she didn't disengage, because she didn't lean away, showed up, hung in there, 
She didn't allow the fear of the moment cause her to exit the arena. Let's stand this morning. I want you to just close your eyes as we pray. Father, I thank you for your goodness, for your grace, for your mercy. I thank you, Father, you have the ultimate Father's heart. In this season, pouring out your grace, you're pouring out the revelation that you are with us right in the middle of the season, wherever we are, wherever we're standing. Holy Spirit, pray, Lord, that in this word, as you've encouraged us to step out of our comfort zone and to be okay to be more vulnerable and brave, to lean in and engage in this season relationally and with you. Father, I pray that in that weakness of shifting out of our comfort zone and being more vulnerable, that you are the comforter. And I pray, Holy Spirit, right now in this moment as we end this service, that you would remind people, surround your loving arms around people and remind people that in that moment of bravery, in that moment of vulnerability, you're our comforter. You're our strength. And I declare, Lord, that you are birthing in this season a championship spirit in all of us. Father, give us the courage lean in. Give us the courage to yield to you. Thank you, Jesus. Beautiful God, we love you and we honor you in this place. In Jesus' mighty name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Sandy.